The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, Reverend Galen McDowell, and I'm the executive minister, senior assistant minister, and the director of the Johnny Coleman Institute at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. I'm in the midst of a series titled The Dynamic Laws of Healing, based upon the book by Catherine Ponder of the same title. And I've been off for a couple of weeks, so hopefully you weren't waiting too long. But I did ask you to get the book so you can follow along with me as I teach these lessons. Today, I'm on chapter four, The Healing Law of Release. And just as a reminder, this book is just talking about the processes, the spiritual principles and ideas and techniques needed to bring about or to invoke or to cultivate the healing life within your own body. What are the things you can do to activate God's healing power within you to transform cells, to eliminate disease, to eliminate pain, etc.? I'm not telling anybody not to go to the doctor. I'm not telling anybody not to get medical professional help. What I am saying is that you are a spiritual being just as much you are, just as much as you are a mental and physical being. And it's necessary to understand how the mental you can grasp the spiritual you and reflect the spiritual you through the physical you. That's important. That's really important. So as we go about Today, and as we go along with this series, I want to make sure that that's present in the conversation, that there is a spiritual you, that the mental you can grasp and then reflect through the physical you. All right. So, chapter four, the healing law of release. It starts off by saying, It may come as a surprise to you that the emotional cause of your health problems can be possessiveness and strong attachment to or by some person, situation, or condition in your life. So let's just stop there for a moment. That we can make ourselves sick because we're too attached to a thing. We're too attached to something that is not beneficial. We can't get release it mentally. You know, one of the things that you know, sometimes I teach my students is that when you hold on to something so tight that you can't release it, then you don't give the universe or divine law or universal law an opportunity to do what it's supposed to do because you're trying to willpower it through versus creating the realization. Now, there is a point where the willpower has to hold on to something until you get very firm. But the next step is to let it go so it can fulfill itself. I want you to think about it from the perspective of planting a seed. If you plant a seed in the ground, you can't keep digging it up, thinking that that's going to help the seed grow. You have to do the work of tilling the soil, getting the seed, planting the seed, putting the dirt back over the seed. And then once you've met the conditions, you let the perfect outworking happen. 
often what ends up happening is we get so obsessive about uh, what's not happening or working in our life. We create stress and drama and trauma that we don't realize that at times we're affecting our bodily health. So I'm all about being intense when it's time to be intense. But I'm also all about releasing and letting go when it's time to let go. All right. I love the scripture that says, not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. I love that scripture because it reminds me that there's a part I'm supposed to do. And then there's a part that I have to trust. Or as the apostle Paul wrote, I planted Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. Can you trust that God can give the increase? All right. So if you plant it and you water it, then divine law is supposed to do what it's supposed to do. All right. So moving on. Uh, she wrote, it may come as further surprise that you must emotionally release or gain release from that person's situational condition in order to bring healing into your own mind, body, and affairs. So in other words, what you're holding on to is holding on to you. All right? Even if the person isn't in your life anymore, the situation is not in your life anymore, as long as you're mentally holding on to it, it is mentally holding on to you. You know, to paraphrase Emmy Fox, when he said the jailer and the prisoner are both in prison, for you to keep somebody in the prison of your mind, you have to stay there with them. So learning to release is a healing power. Learning to release is a prospering power. Learning to release is a freeing power. You know, you got to let the stuff go and say, okay, part of the faith process is the release into the understanding of I've done all that I'm supposed to do. I planted Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. All right. Then she wrote, your affections strongly affect your health. Back of every disease is a mixed misdirection of affectional nature. Any disturbance of the affections unbalances one's health. Now, remember, as I stated before, Catherine Pond is old school. So when something shows up in our life, world, and affairs, that's not in harmony with God. She always goes back to consciousness. Why? Because all causation is mental. It's one of the primary teachings of new thought. So she's saying that when you are out of alignment with truth, you give yourself the opportunity to produce other things in your experience. So how do you get back in truth? How do you get back in alignment with the presence of God in you? How do you get back in alignment with the I am in you? How do you get back in alignment with the indwelling Christ? That's what this book is really about. It's about what do you need to do and not do so you can get back in alignment with the truth of your being and express health. Because one of the aspects of expressing uh, the truth of your being is health. All right. She went on to write. Although we often thought of intense emotional attachment as one of the highest forms of love, quite the opposite is true. When that intense emotional attachment takes the form of possessiveness, it leads to bondage. Whereas the way of true love is to free that which we love. In the knowledge that the way then opens 
for a more satisfying type of love to develop. One never loses anything worth having through release. Release is magnetic and draws to you your own. Now, the statement that stood out to me was, one never loses anything worth having through release. I just think that's an amazing statement. One never loses anything worth having through release. Well, what if I let it go? Well, what if if I'm not over it, what happens, et cetera, et cetera. If you've been guided to release or you, you feel the stagnation of energy, if you feel the stagnation of, of, of your thoughts with anxiety, fear, doubt, frustration, dissatisfaction, the necessity to release it and give it some breathing room and yourself some breathing room to see, is this the space I need to be in? Is this what I need to be doing? Is this who I need to be with? You know, this is one of the reasons why even when you enjoy a thing, it's necessary to take a break. This is why we have vacations. You know, I was talking to this um, traditional Chinese doctor, and he was telling me about the Chinese New Year and how, you know, they, you know, people are taking, you know, like a month of vacation just to go celebrate the Chinese New Year. And I, I was almost envious culturally coming from Western culture that sometimes doesn't promote the necessity to take the mental break from things without our lives being turned upside down. Many people can't take a day off of work without it affecting their money, their bills and responsibility. But the more we can take time off, the more we can get stuff done. The more we can take time off, the more we can, more time we have to get stuff done. Why? Because it allows the soul to balance itself. Taking vacations with your family, taking time by yourself. You know, earlier this year, I went on a, you know, renewing retreat to Negril, Jamaica with some other ministry friends of mine, and we didn't do anything to, no work, no assignments, no nothing. Eat. Go to the ocean, go to the pool. That was about it. Read and rest and sleep. Why? I you know, no family, just myself. Because I knew that I needed time to release, to take the brain off of it. Matter of fact, what's funny about it is I actually uh brought a a, a biography on Bruce Lee on the plane, read that on the plane and read that probably the first two days I was in Jamaica in the balcony looking at the ocean from my room because I was so in the space of release that I didn't want to read another church success book, leadership book, how to demonstrate the law book. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy this good old Bruce Lee reading. Because part of it was just to release, to release, to renew, to refresh, to regenerate. To do that, you got to let some stuff go. All right. She went on to write. Again, release is magnetic and draws to you your own. Now, that seems weird to people when you start to think about, how can I release a thing and it comes to me? Ah. Because you don't have that mental tension. 
Because remember, I teach what you radiate, you attract. What you radiate, you attract. So what you mentally radiate with your thoughts, feelings, and beliefs, with your words and your actions and reactions, you are attracting into your space, into your experience. So as you release the mental tension, the willfulness, and become willing, you go from willful to willing, you create the space mentally for the experience in your life. Hopefully that makes sense. She went on the right. And I'm not going to teach this line by line in this chapter. What I want to do is make sure I get you the highlight points is to drive home the point. You could be making yourself sick because of what you won't let go. Because of what you won't forgive. Because you won't release. Because you won't drop it. You're putting your attention too much on what doesn't work and not putting your attention on what works. I would strongly suggest to you, by the way, to go and check out, go to YouTube and check out my last two sermons at Christ Universal Temple uh, from December 3rd, 2023, which was uh, The Awakening, Discovering Divinity, and December 10th, The Gifts of Attention, because I talk about this process. It's, you know, it's a two-part lesson, really. By the time you get to the gifts of attention and listen to the divinity one first, you understand why what you give your attention to matters, because where your attention goes, your power flows. All right. She went on to write, if through strong emotional ties, you direct the substance of your thoughts and feelings into someone else's life, which you should be using in your own, the lack then appears as ill health or some other form of imbalance in your own life. So what she's saying is, while you're putting your mental energy, getting into other people's stuff, you're not putting that mental energy on taking care of you. And that lack of attention to you and your life, your purpose, your body, your mentality can show up as illness in your body. I remember when I was a kid, not kid, excuse me, when I was a young man, it seems like being a kid, this was 30 years ago, I bought a book titled, Who's the Matter with Me? I don't remember, uh, I'm trying to remember her last name. It might have been Stedman. But anyway, it's out of print, and you might be able to find it online. But it was Who's the Matter with Me? And it was basically talking about how various different human interactions and our mentality behind those human interactions show up as sickness in the body. Who's the matter with me? Who? This is one of the reasons why I would strongly suggest while you're going through this series that you go back and listen to my series, The Eye of the Storm, from many years ago. It's on the earlier part of the of these. Uh, I mean, I've been doing this since 2012, early 2012, so I have a lot of episodes. But the Eye of the Storm series is also a part of learning how to release, let go, and let God. All right. She went on to write, the word release means a setting free, a liberation. Often it is not an enemy you need to release emotionally, but a relative or a friend. A fine healing formula is to forgive your enemies and release your friends. Oh, my goodness. Because, you know, we have those expectations about things. It can be problematic. Because we want people to show up a certain kind of way and then they don't. And then we try to 
supplement their own soul growth, sometimes against their will. Sometimes the most loving thing you can do to a, for a person is to let them be who they're choosing to be. Even when you know it's not where they need to be. Because sometimes people will drive you crazy trying to help them stay in order. And while you're stressed out and frustrated and angry, they're living their life, doing what they want to do. You can't physically do anybody's push-ups for them. Spiritually, you can stand in the gap for somebody by holding the consciousness, but you can't do their spiritual growth for them. That's a temporary thing. It's not meant to be forever to where you're the sole supporter of someone else's soul growth. You have to release folks and you have to release your stuff that's blocking your blessings and potentially creating ill health in your body. You know, one of the one of my spiritual mothers who passed on, uh, the Reverend Christina Knox Walthall, who was the original prayer ministry director at Christ Universal Temple, used to say that sometimes our minds, you know, paraphrasing, sometimes our minds get so out of hand that we have to go to a surgeon to cut our thoughts out. In other words, those thoughts have have come together in the part of the body that's now showing up as a disruption that needs to be surgically removed because we didn't mentally address it, didn't mentally release, didn't forgive or whatever. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with True Transform. Welcome back to True Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. And I'm just going to pick right back up on the healing law of release. And uh, I'm, I'm going to jump right into, yet again, I'm just two pages in. And that's what's amazing. I've been talking all this time. I'm only two pages in. But I, this is why I want you to get the book yourself. Because I might skip over something you need. Get the book, The Dynamic Laws of Healing by Catherine Ponder, and work with it yourself. And you might not need it. You might need it later. Or you might read it now and might not ever need it because you have done the work to maintain your health through your consciousness. Or you might need to be a, of support to someone else. So she calls Khalil, Khalil, Khalil Gibran. Uh, I don't know why I was butchering that name. Love one another, but not but make not a bond of love. Let me start again. Love one another, but make not a bond of love. Let there be spaces in your togetherness. Stand together, yet not too near together. What that means is love each other completely and allow for individual expression. 
She went on to write, we often try to bend others to our will, calling it love, when it is only selfish possessiveness. Then we wonder why those involved do not appreciate our help and why they react negatively. You can't do somebody else's spiritual soul growth push-ups. And sometimes this is one of the hardest lessons to learn. That I have to let you grow up and get your own lessons and experiences. Anybody that's been a parent who has been a responsible parent knows that there is a stage where you have to let your children fail so they can learn. You can't do their homework for them. You can't. You know, you got to let them ride the bike. Okay, put the knee ca- put the knee pads and the elbow pads on and the and and the headgear, but they still are going to potentially fall off of that bike. They're going to go through that first relationship potentially where somebody uh that they really wanted to be with just didn't act right. Soul growth. As a parent, you want to help your children avoid pain. And as a good parent, you do as much as you can. But it's some things that everyone has to learn for themselves. And everybody has their own individual lessons. It's not for me to say what lessons you're supposed to learn and not learn. What I can't say is this. Everybody has to get go, grow through their own stuff. And that requires release, especially when People want to potentially live off of your consciousness indefinitely. What do I mean by that? There are some people who will not strive to push themselves because you'll do it. You'll take care of it. You'll pay for it. You'll sustain it. You'll support it. So why should they have to do it themselves? Now, you're creating stress and potential illness in your body. Because you won't let someone do what they are designed to do, what they are capable of doing, even if you don't see them as capable. All right, back to the book. And she gives excellent examples of people being healed uh, of different illnesses and predicaments in the book that I'm going to jump over just from the standpoint of some different things. Uh, especially this one on leukemia, which is an excellent story. Uh, But I want to go to page 66 when she wrote. On all levels of life, we need to practice release. Often we think we want freedom from our problems, when in reality, our problems want freedom from us. Though it can be ego jolting, when we give them that freedom, they usually dissolve. In other words, we're holding on to stuff. And she gives an example of a person that was going through a legal battle with their uh, person, their spouse that they were divorcing. And it got to the point to where a person said, you know what, I'm going to release. And then some other good started to unfold because they got tired of fighting for 10 years over stuff. That That's what can happen. I've seen situations and circumstances where people separated or got divorced and one of the people that were in that relationship were so angry at their ex-spouse that they literally, it seems like, willed themselves into sickness. But they were so angry, so frustrated, so dissatisfied, so 
much they were giving so much attention to what didn't work that it, that it started to eat them up from the inside. Be careful. All right. You know, because, you know, we say stuff that eats me up. Yeah, but it might literally be eating you up. This is on my last nerve and it literally might be affecting your nervous system. I just can't stomach it. And he literally your stomach might not start acting right. You know. Be mindful. Your body believes every thought you think, every feeling you have, every belief that you hold, every word that you say. All right. And then it talks about release for the right job. A person wanted so willful to hold on to a job. And I get the demonstration, but part of the demonstration is holding it in consciousness firmly, getting it to the point with the feeling so strongly that you can then release it because now you trust. If you got to hold it, where's the faith in? I got to hold it to the very end. It's getting to the place that where you can hold it completely clearly in your mind with that firm conviction, with that strong feeling, with that strong knowing, and then releasing instead of stressing yourself out. She wrote it this way. Your problems do not create themselves. You create them by your own fearful thinking. Through speaking words of release, those problems are then free to work out in whatever way is best. Mm. Just think about it. Whatever way is best. Then she wrote, problem-solving power of release and, release in close relationships. Release is a setting free, a liberation. When you want to be set free from ill health and liberated from other problems, you should speak words of release, both for yourself and others. Sometimes you just have to start speaking the word to free you from somebody that you don't even see anymore, but you're still mentally attached to them and they're mentally attached to you. So you got to release them as you release and help them release you by what you pray, by what you speak the word for. She wrote it this way. Your dear ones must have liberty to live their own lives, and you must grant it to them, or else you will create problems for them and for yourself. If you want to be free from all types of problems in mind, body, and affairs, then emotionally, you must release other people to find their good in their own way. A clear channel is then open for great good to come to all involved. Your own freedom and well-being depend upon such relief as does the freedom and well-being of your loved one. So you have to speak the word that you are releasing them and you need to speak the word that they are releasing you. I want to be clear about that. All right. Let's see here. Okay. Page top of page 71. Wait a minute. Page 70. This is key. Oh, this is this is right here. This is it right here. When your prayers have not been answered, 
though you have conscientiously sought that answer through spiritual methods, it is usually an indication that you need to practice release. Release of some person or situation. Release of some financial or health problem. As you do, you open the way for your problem problems to be resolved. So in other words, how come these prayers aren't working? What are you holding on to that's interfering with you being in alignment with truth, with the truth of your being? Just think about it. What am I putting up in my own way? All right, back to the book. How freedom can be the turning point to happiness, success, and healing. All right. She wrote, most human relations relations problems will melt away if the people involved would practice the miracle of release instead of trying to make other people over to conform to their will and their way. People who hold tight reins over their spouses and children often wonder why prosperity and good health are personally withheld from them. People who hold tight reins over their friends wonder often why their own health is so poor and they are unable to get permanent healing. Setting others free means setting yourself free. When you feel bound to other people, their attitudes, behavior, way of life, it is because you are perhaps subconsciously binding them to you. Then you begin to feel bound chafing against the very bondage you have caused. Always you personally hold the key to your freedom. You turn to key to that freedom when you release the personality, the problem, or the condition that is that you think is clutching you. You are the master, never the slave, of circumstances. You become victor instead of victim when you dare to speak the word of release to and for the personal thing you think is binding you. So that was a lot of stuff. As you're holding on to people, sometimes subconsciously you are holding on to them. But this is the key that she keeps saying, and I don't want you to miss this. She keeps saying, speak the word for release. In other words, this isn't just something you ponder in your head. Speak the word for release. Let me be clear. Speak the word for release. And then she talks about uh, people making their transition. She calls release through death. And I think it's important to recognize that death can be a release. Sometimes we're holding on to people. I remember, you know, when I was a young man and my maternal grandfather was going through a serious illness uh, with the world caused Parkinson's. And he got to the point where he was completely immobile. And couldn't talk and couldn't move, couldn't take care of himself in any way. And it was very difficult on my family. I remember, well, you know, even we took him to the hospital, my grandmother, of course, was freaking out over this whole experience. My sister and I were trying to support, you know, my grandmother and my and our, our grandmother and mother. In the midst of this was difficult. But I remember saying to my grandfather that day, Something very close to these exact words. I waited till my family left the emergency room, and I said to him, Granddad, you've been a man in this family a very long time, and you've taken care of us. But if you want to go, 
and I'm not telling you to go, but if you want to go, I'll be the man of the family now. I'll take care of your ladies. You don't have to worry about that. You can go if you want to go. I'll be the man of the family. And he just looked at me very intensely. I remember my sister and my brought my grandmother back into the room. I don't know where my mom was at that point. And my grandfather, who was not talking or moving, reached his hand up, shaking, vibrating, because he could barely control his muscle with the Parkinson's. And he uttered two words. He said, bye-bye. And my grandmother, hearing this, even though it was soft, said, oh, we're not going anywhere. We're going to be with you. That was probably one o'clock in the morning at a hospital. We took him back home. And before noon the next day, he had left this plane of existence. I give I had given him the gift of release because he had been the man who had took care of his family since my grandmother, he and my grandmother moved from Mississippi in the 19, late 1930s. So it was important as his grandson to let him know, I got this, because he would rather be in a body that couldn't move knowing that he was still with his wife and he could see in whatever way he could, I got to be here for her. I got to be here for my daughter. I got to be here for my grandchildren versus my grandson just gave me release. I know he has it. And then like literally less than 12 hours later, he was gone from this plane of existence. He had transitioned. And I feel as as his grandson to this day, even though that was many years ago, probably, you know, it it was uh, it was a, it was in the nineties, mid nineties. I still feel a sense of gratitude that God placed those words on my heart to say to him, because he was suffering and he needed to be released. And sometimes the healing is releasing and letting that body go. That was his healing, but he was so attached to, I got that to being the husband for 60 plus years and the father and the grandfather and the rock of the family that he needed permission to leave. That's how that works. It worked the same way with my mom. She lingered for weeks. Until my sister was able to muster up the courage to go to the hospice and say to my mom, our mother, I'll be okay, mom, you can go. And my mother passed away 45 minutes later or less. Giving people the gift of release. Sometimes we, we think that making a transition is a failure. But not always. Sometimes that's the only way that soul can accept that healing. To give people at whatever stage they are the gift of release and allow the next stage of their own soul unfoldment to show up as you allow the next stage of your soul unfoldment to show up. 
That's the process. I want to stop here because I've told family stories and all this other stuff, but I want you just to be present to as we go forward in this book, the next chapter is going to be on the yes law of healing, which is how to use affirmations for healing. We've been talking about for the last several episodes, how to release, because sometimes we try to build on shaky ground. Let's release what we need to release. So when we start to build in consciousness with the affirmations, we've released the things that would interfere with what we're building. So with that, uh, go back and take a listen to my Eye of Storm series from many years ago and check out my last two sermons at Christ uh, on YouTube from Christ Universal Temple. I believe it's CU Temple, the letter CU in Temple. Well, I'm sure you put Christ Universal Temple to come in, but CU Temple is a quick way. Uh, my lesson, again, from December 3rd, 2023, uh, which was the series is Do You See the Light? The sermon was the awakening, discovering divinity. And December 10th, 2023, listen to the lesson, The Gifts of Attention. I think it will help you with this healing process. God bless you. And I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Take care. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.